Hello and welcome to the Five Song Mixtape. We discuss ah. a new mix each and every week. My name's Michael. I'm William Shakespeare's. <laughs> and I'm RJ. <laughs> We're just getting right into this, boys. Let's right get into, into it. it. Right yeah. into it. Because there is this is this is a big boy mix. Big boy. Big boy mix. Lots of Big Boy's uh, not on it, but he's a big boy mix. <laughs> Hard hitters on this mix, we'll say. Bangers. Uh, people with uh, a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some fun facts in here as well that I'm excited to get Ooh, into. I like fun facts. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes the universe works correctly for Michael, and it uh, happened to work correctly now. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I've been sitting on this mix probably since the summer, so probably like four or five months now. Uh, made some variations. The very first time I made it was like the hits. And then um, I thought about the title of the mix, which I don't know if I'll get extra kudos from RJ for this in-depth look at this mix. But (laughs) looking at the title more, I was like, oh, like I should like bring up songs that you might not be aware of. (laughs) Um, And so I went through some different variations. Um, I will say there's uh, an era of this person we're going to talk about that I did have a song from in here, um, but I decided to take it out uh, in honor for RJ, basically, mm-hmm. because I was just like, I need at least a hit song on here. Okay. Uh, because RJ, I know RJ likes the hits. The bangers. The hits. Yeah. And so I was yeah. like, oh, I got to have at least a hit song on here, but maybe it's not like something that you recognize or you associate with the man in charge here. Um, so that's why I have track number one where it is instead of uh-huh. picking a 2000s song. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's basically yeah. for RJ, but <laughs> <laughs> it is a good way to start the next. Though. Well, you think it's for RJ. <laughs> yeah, you think it's for RJ. Uh, but yeah, this is my mix. It's called Don't You Dare Forget About Dre. <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, lots of ins and outs in this mix. We've got features, we've got production, we've got own tracks. We've got a flautist. We've got some a new song, and yeah, so all of the above, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> through the ages. Yeah, um, missing missing two decades, which the original mix had. That I originally had the an NWA '80s hit. You got the important stuff though. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, all right. So let's do favorite, least favorite, favorite artist. Um, uh, Devin's good. I feel like I, I don't know what RJ's is. I feel like I can, I think I know Devin's. Oh, you think you know, <laughs> but you have no idea. Uh, I'm going to guess Devin's favorite song is two. Least favorite is five. Favorite artist is two. Two, five, two. Okay. That's what I'm going to go with. All right. Uh, I'm always happy if I'm wrong in this though. So. Okay. RJ, I'm going to guess your favorite song is one. Your favorite or your least favorite is five, and your favorite artist is four. Okay. <laughs> one, 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 five, five four. four. Okay. So I think that both of your guys' least favorite song is five. And I love the song. I just think that this is a heavy mix of great songs, personally. But <laughs> Wait, so favorite artist for these, does it mean like, like if you pick four for RJ? I, the man himself is his favorite artist. Okay, that's what I'm saying. So the album <laughs> that it's off of by the by by the guy by the, man. That the album's by. Yeah, I guess okay. it could have been one five five. Because they're both yeah, they're both yeah. him, both yeah. him. So that's right. Okay, yeah. all right. 
Um, any any thoughts, questions before we um, get into this from either of you? I mean, I do have to say that I did forget about Dre. Yeah. <laughs> I and I think too. a lot of people have. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Not until you see that halftime show. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. Oh, but, you didn't? No, I heard I oh. heard stuff about it. Did you watch any clips? A couple nope. weeks ago. Oh, god damn, dude. Kendrick fucking killed it. Really? It was so dope, his stuff. He came out of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, so did Eminem. Hmm. And 50. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I you heard about 50. <laughs> heard about I don't fat know old that, 50 that doing the Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That shirt was staying where it's supposed to, somehow yeah. upside down. <laughs> That'd be hilarious if it was over his face. And he's like... Don't do the candy shop. <laughs> like, just shirt over his face. Fuck, you get shirt off a face. But he literally be like, honk, honk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Uh-oh. M kneeling for no reason, but. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a picture of that. Solidarity, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that the NFL just said, we knew he was going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So that means he's just like. I'm going to kneel yeah. to the NFL guys. And they're like, well, he told us. Yeah. I guess there he he did it. You had a thick yeah. Mary J. Blige up there. Oh, really? She's thick. Ooh, damn, I'm going to look some pictures <laughs> of that. Yeah. She laid down, too. Yeah. Ooh. She did. Yeah. Like, I, thought, I was like, okay, you're just laying down in the oh. middle of like, the end of your set. Okay. You know I like them thick and laying down. <laughs> That's how I like my ladies. Yeah. Yeah, but Kendrick easily is just like, yeah, he is the best out of any of you. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's the only one that I would want to see. Yeah, it's just uh, it's just performance is just great. Did you not see Dre play piano? I saw him plucking those ivories like he does. Interesting choice. All he played. Interesting yeah. choice for Eminem's song. I was not expecting "Lose Yourself." Yeah, uh, I would have. <laughs> I would have expected something for like an older song, I guess. Uh, Lose Yourself was huge because it was in, you know, it was on the new, like it was Eight a Mile movie. was like the apex of his career. Yeah, because he was popular yeah. with his music and then now he's on a movie that was like a number one hit movie. Yeah, I feel like CrossFit adopted Lose Yourself and then that was like <laughs> all downhill from there. It is like the modern We Will, We Will Rock You. It is. <laughs> yeah. You can find it on Call of Duty games. You yeah. can find it yeah. everywhere. So it's, it's a wigger jock jam. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you got a new mix. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All right, edit that out. <laughs> it's never happened. It's on Space Jam 3. <laughs> yeah. Um, RJ, any thoughts, feelings going into this? I think I was excited about it. Yeah. Because I, I know you said this last week, but <laughs> I, I was psyched going into this. Yeah. Uh, I feel right. like we ask you questions, and it's like, it's either like, I was excited about it, or I, I was not excited yeah. about it. <laughs> I don't know who any of these people are. I'm, I don't care. Only whatever. two programmed responses. <laughs> yes. No. Yeah. Um, all right. So, Andre Ramil Young, <laughs> known professionally as Dr. Dre, is an American rapper, record producer, entrepreneur. He's the founder and CEO of Aftermath Entertainment, uh, Beats Electronics, and previously co-founded, co-owned, and was the president of Death Row Records, which I believe Snoop Dogg owns now. Um, Mm. Dr. Dre began his career as a member of the world-class Wrecking Crew, 
1985. It's so crazy that he's wow. been doing this since then and yeah. just did the halftime show in 2022. <laughs> he's been doing it since the Sugar Hill Gang was probably playing their last show. <laughs> yeah. Before they go, before they went to county fairs, <laughs> uh, and later found fame with the gangster rap group N.W.A. Uh, the group popularized explicit lyrics in hip hop to detail the violence of street life. Uh, during the early 1990s, Dre was credited as a key figure in crafting and popularizing uh, of West Coast G funk, a subgenre of hip hop characterized by synthesizer, foundation, and slow heavy beats. <laughs> that description of like. It just sounds so basic thing. Like, yeah. They use bad words to describe violence <laughs> in the hood. Well, all right. In the first paragraph of Wikipedia here, we already have that he is accredited uh, with making two genres of hip-hop. Hmm. Insane. Wait, which ones were they? I wasn't listening. He's gangster rap with NWA. That's right. And G-Funk. That's just yeah. in the first paragraph here. <laughs> uh, Snoop Dogg did buy Death Row. Oh, nice. Snoop Dogg bought it? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting because I heard he might be a snitch. He is a snitch. I mean, he yeah. did kill someone too. So, well, interesting. He didn't go to prison for that. Yeah, isn't it? <laughs> Start asking questions. You know, what happened to Tupac? <laughs> uh, Dre's solo debut album, uh, "The Chronic," released under Death Row Records, made him, made him one of the best-selling American music artists of 1993. It earned him a Grammy Award for Best. Rap solo performance for the single "Let Me Ride," as well as several accolades for the single "Nothing But a G Thing." Oh yeah! Uh, that year, he produced Death Row label mate Snoop Doggy Dogg's debut album "Doggy Style," and mentored producers such as stepbrother Warren G, uh, leading to the multi-platinum debut "Regulate," G Funk yeah. era in nineteen ninety-four, and Snoop Dogg's cousin Daz Dillinger, leading to the double platinum debut. Dog Food by the Dog Pound in 1995. As well as a mentor to upcoming producer Sam Sneed and Melman, in 1996, Dr. Dre left Death Row Records to establish his own label, Aftermath Entertainment. He produced a compilation album, Dr. Dre Presents the Aftermath, in 1996, and released a solo album in 2001 and in 1999. Now, that Aftermath uh, compilation album, I didn't know that existed until doing my research on him. Uh, in Spotify, there's a couple of different uh, playlists that are Dr. Dre produced albums. And that Aftermath one is actually pretty good. There's a couple of songs on there, like Ice Cube's on there. Uh, hmm. So I didn't know what it was until I was looking into it more months ago. So that one's pretty good, though. It's like a sampler type thing? Yeah, basically. for like his a compilation? New, yeah, for his new um, whatever huh. uh, record label. Oh. Uh, during the 2000s, Dre focused on producing other artists, occasionally contributing vocals. He signed Eminem in 1998 and 50 Cent in 2002. He co-produced their albums. He has produced albums for the uh, for and overseen the careers of many other rappers, including Tupac, The Doc, or D.O.C., uh, Snoop Dogg, Exhibit, Nocturnal, The Game, Kendrick Lamar, Anderson Pack. Uh, so this era, um, couldn't... Uh, couldn't could couldn't do an exhibit song on here. I know RJ. Oh <laughs> damn! I, I, cont- yeah, I, I contemplated I it <laughs> uh, just because I don't necessarily personally associate Doctor J with Exhibit, um, but he's I do. 
and him with Busta because he was part of he produced a couple of different songs for Busta's first solo albums, uh, which is very obvious when you hear them. Um, let's see here. Uh, Dre has also a- uh, had acting roles in movies such as Set It Off, The Wash, and Training Day. Uh, he has won six Grammy Awards, including Producer of the Year, non-classical. Uh, Rolling Stone ranked him number 56 on the list of 100 greatest artists of all time. Wow. Uh, he was the second richest figure in hip-hop in 2018, with an estimated net worth of $800 million. Uh, recently, he got divorced and lost a chunk of that, <laughs> but seems to be happier now. Um, Good for him. Live your life, Dre. <laughs> and then there's the whole uh, other side of Dr. Dre with violence against women that has been widely publicized. Let's talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds fun. Uh, what did she say? <laughs> uh, there's all sorts of stuff in there, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's for another day. <laughs> yeah. I did want to throw in there uh, former label mate uh, Tarari B claimed that Dre assaulted her at a party in 1990 in response to her track Ruthless Bitch. Two weeks following the release of his third album, Compton, on August 2015, he issued an apology to the woman, women I've hurt. So. I was there. It was in self defense only. Yeah, she was. A, she was a ruthless bitch. She yeah. was coming at me. Mm-hmm. She was being ruthless. I did all I needed to do. <laughs> yeah. Um. I believe there. It was on HBO. I'm. I'm assuming it's still there. Uh. There's a really good documentary that came out a couple of years ago with Dr. Dre and Jim Jimmy Iovine. I think his name is. Yeah. Uh, who he's a really famous record producer, and so is Dr. Dre, and they made Beats together, Beats by Dre. Uh, they made that together um, and sold that for whatever, their hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, but that documentary goes into more of some of the violence against women stuff, which he seems remorseful for. Well, good for him. Hey, is Adam Levine from Maroon 5 a Jew? He doesn't. I don't. I don't know. How to his name's that. Levine. <laughs> I don't want to say he doesn't seem. I know. <laughs> yeah, that's that's why I'm asking. I'll I'll take the brunt of this one, but yeah, that's why I'm asking. You don't look like it's a something Jew, that's been no. on top of my head for a little while. <laughs> yeah, I just I like I heard his last like Lenny Kravitz. Like when you call him Leonard Kravitz, I'm like that's an old Jewish man. Whoopi Goldberg. That's not her real name. It cannot be because she doesn't understand Jew stuff. She notoriously does not understand Jew stuff. Uh, Levine's father and maternal grandfather were Jewish. Man. Learn something new. Levine considers himself Jewish. Well, he's not getting buried in Jewish cemetery with all them tattoos. (laughs) He's a bad boy. And the last little uh, bit of trivia here that I did not know about uh, that I found in Wikipedia searching is about Dr. Dre. It says, in an urban legend that surfaced in 2011 when a Tumblr blog titled Dr. Dre Started Burning Man began uh, promulgating the notion that the producer, rapper, and entrepreneur had discovered Burning Man in 1995 during a music video shoot and offered to cover the cost of the event's permit from the Nevada Bureau of Land Management under an agreement with the festival's organizers that he could institute an entrance fee system, which had not existed before his participation. 
What? This claim was supported by alleged letter from Dre to Nicole uh, Threat Young that indicated that Dre had shared his experience witnessing the Burning Man Festival with her. No, he did not have any part in that. <laughs> that was the Merry Pranksters and Chuck Palahniuk. No Dr. Trey. No, he's out there shooting California love and ran into Burning Man. <laughs> yeah. So you got drugs and shit? This is tight. Set some shit on fire. I'm going to film this. Oh, man, there's a... I think it's off of... Is it off of the Chronic? He has a song. Uh, I think it's called Let's Get High. Are, do you guys remember that song? Yeah. I, it, when he comes in, it's, hey, I just took some ecstasy. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's my yeah. <laughs> Intro for an artist is, hey, I just took some ecstasy. <laughs> yeah. There's a line in the, one of these songs where Anderson Pox, like, uh, it's like, Dre, where you get those mushrooms with the chop? Oh, yeah. Like, Same place I fucking met Saw God, God, son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tight. So maybe he did do Burning Man. Yeah. Yeah. So to be in the spirit. Dr. J, a very prolific man. Uh, during my research of him, I did not know how much he influenced the 2000s uh, with basically like everything that I couldn't stand in the 2000s. He, he just directed happened. Fast and the Furious <laughs> and Triple X. <laughs> he just happened to be the man behind the sound of the 2000s, yeah. uh, which is very interesting. Uh, it is interesting looking at his career and then watching the first episode of the Kanye documentary on Netflix um, because Kanye had like a big struggle in the early 2000s of people taking him seriously as a record producer becoming a rapper. And it's funny that Dr. Dre already did it and no one seemed to like bat an eye. But for some reason, they had a big problem with him trying to be a rapper at the time. <laughs> with Kanye? Yeah, with Kanye. It, it it it's really interesting the first episode of the documentary because it because it everything that you already know about that time is there. It's just they they chronicle it in an interesting way so that you understand to be like, yeah, he made Faux Shizzle with Jay-Z, whatever that song is called, here, but he didn't get signed to Rockefeller until mm. like 2 years later. So, like, he was making beats for Dre, made half of the blueprint, and they refused to sign him as a rapper. (laughs) Uh, Well, I think it's just all in the times, too, because yet again, that's back in the 80s where this guy's like, I, you know, in the 80s, hip hop came about. Right. Yeah. And and that was the new thing. So somebody's like, I can do this. And then somebody just raps over it. (laughs) And then, you know, it gets a lot more technical after that. But then when, like, you know, but as a Jay-Z's blueprint, he comes out and, uh, you know, Kanye West starts doing it. And it's like, you know, everybody's doing that now. So it's like how, you know, you should just stick to beats. Yeah. It is uh, funny in the documentary, too, listening to, like, Kanye and him, like, developing college dropout during that time. And, like, it's so funny because they, they contextualize it properly to be like, Kanye literally was not like any rapper during that time. Like he was bipolar. <laughs> no, it's yeah. just like the one his like songs that he was making was nothing like it. But like actually his style of rap and what he was saying, because they're like, you're not like New York because you're, <laughs> you're Chicago. But like you're not like a New York rapper. You're not like a gangster <laughs> yeah, <West> rapper. <laughs> yeah. You're not like a West Coast gangster rapper. You're not like most deaf who's like a high 
poet. Yeah. You're, you're not like, like ludicrous. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you're not a southern rapper. What are you? Yeah, like no one which is I think why they didn't take him seriously cuz they couldn't figure out what exactly he was. <laughs> so funny that that was not that long ago and then how much hip hop has changed. Right. Yeah. Like I, like uh somebody's playing songs for me that are like these new artists and I'm just going through it and I'm like this is so odd how how artists can come about these days. Like we've talked about it before, but albums don't exist, like don't need to exist anymore. Yeah. Like it just matters about the singles. Styles aren't even a thing. You know, like these new artists will go seamlessly from style to style rather than having like a regional style, like because of the internet, like record labels do not affect anything anymore. You don't have record producers telling you, like sound engineers and record producers saying, like you don't have a Rick Rubin listening to what you're recording and being like, well, we should change this and engineer it this way. Well, like, I think it's different now because I think they go to the producer for their sound. Rick Rubin's there to help develop your sound. Now they go to the alchemist because yeah. he has his specific sounds, beats already, and then you're just going to rap over them. Yeah, you know which I mean? is crazy to me when like, some people, like bigger artists, go to the Alchemist because I don't think that he's like the key to that big sound. No, that not they're at looking all. for. That's what it's I good think is, to me. That's why but, it's like the positive of not having albums being important because now you can just do whatever you want and just have a like a random single with the Alchemist. You yeah, know what I mean? and like then you're like, oh, I just made all these people happy that like that sound, but I can still do my other thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah At least weird. do EPs, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So wanted to start off the 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 mix here. Um, I originally started off the mix with the second song, but when I finally gave in to RJ, um, I decided to start off the mix with that song, uh, No Diggity by Blackstreet, featuring Dr. Dre and Queen Penn. Uh, pick this song specifically because it's a banger, and I do not associate this song with Dr. Dre. <laughs> no, did not know he was in it. Uh, this is off their album from 1996 called Another Level. This is the third song off the album. It's crazy how big this song is, and it's five minutes and three seconds. Like, this is a very, to me, a very yeah. long song. Yeah. Very popular single. It was the 90s. <laughs> yeah, that's true. This is also when they were making radio edits, which they most likely took out Dre. So I tried finding so I tried finding an explicit version of the song, and it, it doesn't exist on Spotify. I, <laughs> I thought it was weird it. why you picked this one. I, I like, know. That's, that's I awkward. Know. I don't they, think it exists anywhere. That's <laughs> terrible that they're silencing female POC voices. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Blackstreet, American R&B group founded in 1991 by producer Chauncey Black Cannibal and Teddy Street Riley. Uh, the group has released four albums with Interscope Records until 2003. They achieved relative success leading up to their single, No Diggity, uh, which peaked at number one on the four week in, for four weeks in 1996. Uh, let's see here. No Diggity ended... Uh, the Macarena's 14-week reign. So that's a plus. <laughs> oh, uh, the 90s. <laughs> I did the Macarena in a school play. I think I did it probably for the dance. 
I did it in a school play dressed up as Dopey from the Seven Door Doors. Mm. Nice. <laughs> So I did it in sick. a school play too, but I was doing blackface. <laughs> you, you were that dwarf. <laughs> yeah, you rem- y'all remember that dwarf? That's me. Hey, today, today, macarena. I just took some ecstasy, macarena. Hey, macarena, n word. No diggity ranked at number ninety-one on Rolling Stone and MTV's hundred greatest pop songs. Pretty insane. Uh, the beat for No Diggity was initially offered to rapper Tupac uh, for his death row uh, debut, All Eyes on Me, uh, Boss Suge Knight, oh, by Suge Knight. Uh, but with Dre leaving the label, he sold the beat to Teddy Riley. Upon the release of the finished recording by Blackstreet, Tupac and Death Row responded with a diss track containing numerous insults aimed at Dr. Dre over an instrumental sampling, uh, No Diggity but were forced to replace the production after Blackstreet issued the uh, issued the label with a cease and desist order, stopping them from distributing the song. An updated version of this response, Toss It Up, would be released under his Machiavelli alias just days after his death featuring Aaron Hall. Uh, pretty cool, didn't know that. Uh, but this is the, the song's musical backing track is an altered sample from the beginning of Grandma's Hands by Bill Withers. That's what it was. Yep. Saying that last week, I was like, "What? That's a sample of something else." Mm-hmm. All right. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, RJ, walk me through your Black Street emotions. <laughs> um, I think just originally when the song came out, I was probably still singing the Macarena, so <laughs> I was I was not a huge fan of the song. Filipinos are big in the yeah. Macarena. Yeah, we, I still am. It's, it's my ringtone. Uh, we love that but just the nostalgic of it i absolutely love this because i was like i remember this song like i heard it a lot it was everywhere um and and just dre on there i don't think i put two and two together of that is dre um just with the whole story line of him as you said it's like right when he left death row so that's cool it's kind of knowing all that i actually read that today so i was like oh i was blown away too i was like i did not know all that side note where it was was supposed to be for tupac and i I don't know it was just a it's a good intro to the song and i absolutely loved it yeah it's it's i don't know if you guys notice this but like the production on the song is really good for 1996 yeah and little (laughs) kim comes in at the end it's Queen Pen. Queen Pen. Yeah, I was like, who? I don't know. I was like, this might be Little Kim. I know she was from the nineties. You just you just heard a woman rapping, and you assumed it was Little Kim. Who other? It's Queen not Latifah. Queen Latifah. Yes. Missy Elliott. <laughs> oh, I know Missy Elliott. She's get your freak on. Yeah, yeah she does flat. other stuff too. Oh, that's the only song she does. I've heard them all. She's also a producer, RJ. Yeah, Missy amazing producer. Yeah. yeah. So many good she got songs. Her start actually with Aaliyah. Yeah, her and, too. And Timbaland is behind both of them. Uh huh. I tried to make a Timbaland mix at one point. You should just not. You should abandon that. <laughs> yeah, get rid of that. That's okay. Don't worry. I tried to do this already. <laughs> cool. There's one great Timbaland song. I'll make a big timers mix next. We're gonna love that. I know the one song. <laughs> yep. What's the one? What's the one Timberland song? I don't know. It's I. I only know like features that he's been on. 
but you uh, might like some of the features. Nope. Because they're all 2000 songs. Mm. They're all Dr. Dre songs, apparently. <laughs> uh, fuck. I'm not going to like it. What? No, you will. Fuck, mm. what's the song called? I don't think I'm going to like it. You will. What if it was Justin Timberland? <laughs> <laughs> I'd like that. Uh, fuck, where's the song? Where's the song? Where's the song? Sorry, this is... Oh, there it is. <laughs> it's not Timberland. This is genuine. He produced it. Timberland produced this? Yeah. He was a producer turned rapper? <laughs> or, or Wait, is he a rapper? No. <laughs> He's just a producer. Yeah. He likes things. Okay. Like I thought he did stuff. Yeah, this is great. Looking for a partner. See, just the no diggity, I think it's more Devin's music. Oh, no diggity it is, for sure, yeah, son. Devin's like, I have this yeah. as my ringtone. <laughs> I would. I, you know I sang this in my car. I think literally before when this and came I, out. And all the parts that were edited out, I put them right back in. Well, what, when did this come out? 96. Yeah. 96. I think this was slowly into the introduction from like the Beach Boys and Michael Jackson into like, ooh, that's like Limp Biscuit. That's Eminem. That's like, you know. And then I went into that realm of music back in the day. Yeah, you and I grew up with two different styles of music, RJ. <laughs> yeah. Because I had this front and center for me. Oh, yeah. And then Enema of the State, or Enema, uh, the <laughs> Blink one came in 99. Uh, Slim Shady LP came out in 99. So, <laughs> it was a great no. year. Great year. All my favorite albums of this time. Boys to Men 2. <laughs> Black Street. <laughs> This is Devin's Soul mix. for Real, <laughs> TLC, Immature, Genuine. That's it. I think this is all the, these are all like the, That's it. I think this is all the groups that come on to Mad TV. I think I saw some of them. It or, was all that. All that. They were on there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. TLC did the theme song for that, or Left Eye Lopez. Yeah, for all that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I loved all that. Uh, but, Devin, you're a big fan of No Diggity. Oh, I love No Diggity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Windows Down song. Oh, this is for sure Windows Down <laughs> no, song. I had my Windows Down. People looked, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, yeah, you take that. In. I was driving around <laughs> South Sack Windows Down, and oh, people were yeah. like, hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. These Keep big, driving, honky. Is Dodge Ram 5500 <laughs> with a giant lift on the back, and just, no diggity, got the back, bag it up, nah. Like, yeah. He's saying you that sh- she's so yeah. hot, he needs to bag it up. Okay, so <laughs> analyzing these lyrics, I don't think that's the issue. I think she is a hooker. Oh, because there's parts where he says like she only does it for the money. Oh, that's true. Yeah, which was the genuine the, uh, melody, but you know what I mean. But yeah. she's he's talking about like she does it for the money. She uh, it, there's a part where she, he says like uh, she turns the tricks something. Blah blah blah. So there's no she, sex unless she's she a hooker, but she's hot as fuck. He's like, you going like, no diggity. I got to bag it up, which means no doubt. I got to bag it up. Yeah, because she hot as fuck. She a hooker. And I'm fucking her anyways, yeah. so I'm bagging it up. Yeah. Gotta get okay. that Jimmy hat on. Gotta get that Jimmy hat on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, love the song. Didn't know Dre was in it. 
Um, is that Quagmire's uh, giggity? <laughs> no giggity. <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't like how they censored the female POC. Yeah. But, um, it's funny because it must be a per Spotify thing. It still has the explicit E next to it. I'm like, <sighs> it's censored though. I don't understand. <laughs> we should get like a, you know, like the Joe Rogan petition together, but just to uncensor <laughs> Black Street's No Diggity. Yeah. <laughs> to bring back the N words in No Diggity. <laughs> How dare you take that word away from a female POC? Uh, or maybe we'll get into some more censoring later. Well, maybe she's white, if, and we didn't know that. Maybe RJ knows what I'm talking about. I think I know what you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I I very much enjoy having this mix start out with this song. Just puts oh, yeah. me in a good mood. And oh, yeah. Just starts it off right. It's undeniable. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the next banger here. Uh, we've got a deep cut banger uh, from Mr. Tupac. Tupac. Um, Can't See Me by Tupac. Off All Eyes on Me from 1996. Same year. This is track number one on disc two, book two. Uh, I think it's like a kind of a bonus track on there. Uh, It's produced by Dr. Dre. Also got our boy in there, George Clinton. Uh, But Tupac Shakur, I mean, he's just the best. The best. I mean, like, it's insane to me because, like, he... Listening to his stuff, because I think last winter um, when I was getting back into hip-hop, I was listening to his stuff. And this album is a great album. And it's funny, when I found this song, I was just like, fuck me. Because, like, Mm -hmm. Tupac could have been a completely different rapper to me. Mm -hmm. Like, because, like, obviously, California Loves on this album. Dr. Dre made that song. And you get a Tupac essence but when you dive deeper into Tupac, you're like, oh, this is like, this is really what Tupac is yeah. versus what everyone has heard. You know what Kinda I'm saying? Kind of like Kendrick. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And what's what's interesting is like looking at Tupac's background from where he's from and how he grew up is the also the confusing thing about him. Oh, yeah. Because growing up. So, didn't he go to. No, I'll let you say well, so, like, for me growing up, like, and I I have two older siblings. I'm from New York. My dad was really into hip-hop. My older siblings are really into hip-hop. And obviously you have, like, a West Coast, East Coast thing during that time. And obviously Tupac is associated with the West Coast. Mm-hmm. But I don't care who you are. You can not know that and listen to Tupac and be like, yeah, he must be from the East Coast, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which he's from New York, right? Mm-hmm. But he also grew up in San Francisco. Yeah, the epicenter of rap. Right. Yeah. <laughs> which all completely different. Like when you watch that one documentary that's on Netflix that like uh, goes through, I forgot what it's called, hip hop something. Um, but like when they talk about the Bay Area, they talk in that documentary, they talk about Tupac. And Tupac had a an interesting legacy, even in the Bay Area, towards rappers, which I huh. did not know about because when you listen to Bay Area rap, you're like, this is nothing like Tupac. <laughs> huh. Yeah. 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 But then he's also very much associated with L.A. And he's just really confusing, especially when you listen to his sound because, like, he could have done it all. And he he, he does. It's just he didn't he didn't live long enough, blah, 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 blah. 
and he was a great actor too. But like listening to his style, you're like, fuck. Like he literally could have done it all because he at that time to me, he was the only person in hip hop that transcended like East Coast, West Coast, Southern, blah blah blah. blah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you read this in his uh Wikipedia, but um you went to the Baltimore School for the Arts. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Where he studied acting, poetry, jazz, and ballet. Yeah. He performed in Shakespeare's plays depicting timeless themes now seen in gang warfare, he would recall, and as the Mouse King role in the Nutcracker Ballet. Oh, I've heard about that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's crazy. Like yeah, he, he was a yeah. fantastic actor. Like he was really good. Like he could yeah. have who knows what Tupac's life would have been if he was not because from what I understand from watching Tupac documentaries over the years, like the hardcore gangster side of him was something that he adopted over time. Yeah. Which became his reality, which is why what it's what killed him. But most yeah. people would say that like up until a certain point he was nothing like that. Yeah, well, he had ties to like the Black Panthers, yeah, and shit, and like well, Black Liberation movements. Yeah, yeah. they were both. So activists. he grew up, grew up with that, which I feel like relates a lot to the gangster lifestyle in a way. And he has an interesting perspective on it. Yeah, which you when know. you look at Kanye, I think like Kanye, Talib Kweli, and maybe Common, all I think all of their moms were all English teachers. And they oh, really? were, yeah, they were all activists too, and huh. you can tell in their styles that that comes through. Probably like most deaf too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's like you can tell with Tupac that like yeah he was raised that way, which is another level of like who he could have been. Because when you yeah. look at like Kanye, Talib Kweli, and Common, and even most deaf, even though most deaf has like one album, like they're mm-hmm. so prolific, you know. Well, I think it said on. I don't know if you, like you went further on the Wikipedia, or but I just kind of skimmed over it, and it was saying that I guess there was some uh, like some sexual things going on or something like that. Or, and there's always sexual things. So he going went to on. he went to prison for it, and then I guess Ooh. it was just in the time where it was just kind of like his mom was getting evicted. Mm. So he's just like, I need money. How am I going to do this to save my mom? So then, literally, he's like, I'm going to sign to Death Row Records. Mm, interesting. So they signed him, and then they said, uh, literally, I guess, Suge Knight, because he signed, went up there and posted his like, $1.5 million bail, comes out, and he's like, that time that he was in prison and came out, totally against the activist stuff, he came out as a gangster rapper after that. Hmm. Interesting. Like, interesting. his style changed, and then All Eyes on Me came out, and it was just like a huge new thing from his previous album. So what was he doing pre-prison then? Like, what kind of music was he doing? Was that he, the Digital Underground stuff? Yeah, no, he was... The last two albums before that, I forgot what they yeah, were. Yeah, and when you listen to those, they stylistically sound like the East Coast. Like, they don't mm. sound like the West Coast. Which, it's no. just... Like, he's... Especially in this song, there's a spot in this song where he's just like, I can make the motherfucking shake, rattle and roll... And he has a delivery that's like, oh, you're like the hardest rapper I've ever heard. Right. (laughs) But like you can also listen to his other stuff and be like, oh, you're like a sensitive rapper. You got that bounce. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, He's fucking he's so good. Um, Obviously, most people know that Uh, Jews, Poetic Justice and Above the Rim. I haven't I don't think I've seen the other movies he was in, but those three movies are fantastic. I've never seen them, but I want to. Yeah, they're all good. Yeah. but yeah, it's just a bummer that he got caught up in all that stuff. Belly um, too, didn't he do Belly? No, that was later. 
Oh. I think he was dead by the time Belly came out. Oh, that was the Tyrese one, wasn't it? Uh, that's Baby Boy. All right, I'm just being that's a, racist. That's a good movie, too. <laughs> <laughs> Tyrese might be in Belly. I don't think so, though. Um, but what was your guys' uh, reaction first listening to this song? RJ? I, I don't know if I've heard this before. It was one of those where I'm like, oh, it sounds like Tupac. sounds like I've heard this before. Because I've heard this album. And I had actually... I think I got it from somebody in middle school. It was just like, hey, I'll buy this from you for like, you know, five bucks back when like CDs were a thing. And it only had the one disc in it. Oh, yeah. So I was like, I'll take it. Cool, whatever, <laughs> five bucks for a CD. So I listened to it. And then I think throughout the years later, I finally like heard the second one, but I skimmed through it like probably on lunch. I think this is the second one. So you got the B-sides. No, I think this is the, the B-sides. This, this is the B-sides. The first yeah. disc has. I, I had the main one. Oh, you got the main one. He kept the B side. So that's why I was okay. happy about it. I was oh, like, oh, nice that's cool. <laughs> or you I like it or something. Love. You could take it. <laughs> yeah, I'm more into the underground stuff. <laughs> yeah. But it was one of those where I just kind of, I think I, I was doing this little trying to make money scheme like in middle school, where I was like <laughs> I selling all my scene. CDs, and I'll be like, I'll sell it to you for eight bucks. So I just made money. Yeah. And just middle school, not having anything, so I sold all my CDs that I had. That I like my, how a scheme in middle school bought. is just pawning things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I had that with Pokemon cards, man. Oh hell yeah, that was my big scheme. Oh, my know. scheme was in high school. I would sell my uh, <laughs> my meals that my mom paid for for <laughs> the lunch card and then buy drugs with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My scheme was that I had a bunch of holographic Pokemon cards, and and oh. I would find kids to be like. Yeah, I'll trade you two or three hundred of your Pokemon cards for this one holographic card. (laughs) Yeah, it's a holographic Diglett. Yeah, (laughs) fuck off, idiot! You got a Diglett? I just got two hundred Pokemon cards. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, but I had all these like CDs that I never listened to, so I like sold them all or traded whatever, and I would get other ones that I'm like, oh, I've never heard that artist before. So I I got a lot of artists that way, Um, and then I had the first like CD. And I think over it's probably a lunchtime or something like that, or maybe even into high school, somebody played the rest of it. And I was like, oh, there's more of this CD. Um, but it, it sounds like Tupac, and I, I think I love his delivery. He just has that flow. He has that demeanor. I think I like gangster rap Tupac more because it reminds me of Angry Eminem. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, you're probably the only person in the world to say that. <laughs> yeah. Gangster Tupac reminds me of Eminem. Well, Tupac must angry, have learned a lot from Eminem. Angry Eminem. <laughs> okay. yeah. If you listen to enough Eminem, he'll compare himself to Tupac too many times. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's like the new generation Tupac or something. I forgot what he said. But um, <laughs> he's the new generation's vanilla ice. <laughs> don't say that. That'll make him mad. Oh. Yeah. You don't want that beard to get mad at you. This is this is <laughs> on record. A glorious beard. <laughs> Beautiful chin strap. Uh, so I was at uh, my work, and somebody was just like, hey, like Eminem has a beard now. And I was like, oh, he's also not blonde anymore. I don't know how long you've ever yeah. been watching. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I like this song. It was a fantastic song. I like his, like, you know, his featuring artist. <laughs> it was <Yeah>. just awesome. <laughs> like, I was just, well, what is the line that he says? Um, he literally said, which way did he go? Which way did he go? Now? Which way did he go? <laughs> Absolutely love that. That was fantastic. <laughs> the song was great. I loved it. Yeah, you know, I could rap the song all the way through. I know you can. I, know I heard song. him. He was in the shower. <laughs> and I will do it for you <laughs> right about now. Drop the beat. <laughs> yeah, there was two really great memes 
that I saw that came out of uh, this halftime show. One was uh, Eminem and people wanting to know what type of uh, uh, face regi- regiment he has. <laughs> Just because Botox, <laughs> he looks so young still. <laughs> oh yeah, which is the reason why he has the beard. It's because yeah. he still looks like a baby somehow yeah. in his life. I want to be a big boy now. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other one was like, "We can't afford holographic Tupac, but we've got upside down Fifty Cent." <laughs> yes. Yes. Have you seen all the memes about Fifty Cent though? <laughs> yeah, no, I haven't seen a picture of it yet. I just heard people talking about it. <laughs> That's right. I just wish he came down like Spider-Man and kissed him. <laughs> <and> him. <laughs> uh, but Devin, you're a big fan. Yeah, I love the pack. Yeah. I think I started listening to him in middle school. I had a, a friend that um, introduced me to him personally, and then we became best friends. No, uh, I listened to All Eyes on Me and then the other album. It's like an anthology album. Oh, like yeah. A collection of all of his shit. And uh, I loved it, and I didn't like any rap at the time. So it's really like my first um, entry into actual like gangster rap. Yeah, and I'm like, damn, this is cool. And that's just what I've compared all rap to ever since, pretty much. And like, uh, like everybody had like the Biggie Tupac conversation, like, oh, who's better? And like, uh, it's always just been Tupac for me. I respect Biggie more now that I've heard oh, more of his Biggie. songs. But I like Tupac more. Yeah. I yeah. like Tupac a lot, but Biggie, there's something special about that, man. Yeah, I agree. There's a lot that I that I missed that I've listened to recently where I'm like, yeah, he's cool. Yeah. He's, got, he's got a great rhyme scheme. He's very creative. But um, something about Tupac is just like the essence of gangster rap. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's very believable. Yeah. You know what I'm It's something that's missing from everything that we call gangster rap for the past 20 years. You know, oh, yeah. Like, who else has done gangster rap like he has? Like, Freddie, Freddie Gibbs, Gibbs is yeah. the closest one. Yeah, he literally is. Yeah, oh. like he lives that life. You know, they have that drill rap shit, but it's like Chief Keef. It's like Chief Keef is not a gangster rapper. He just talks about shit in his songs that he's done as crimes. Yeah, you know, he incriminates himself. I'm like, that's not gangster rap. Like, there's a different feel to it. You know, yeah. There's something in the delivery that they're missing, but it's, yeah, it's their style of music that they've developed, so it can't take anything. And they're from Chicago, yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, and like they're not even claiming to be gangster rap, no. but I'm. What I'm saying is like, it's such a prolific style. Like everybody, when they hear any type of rap that doesn't listen to rap, refers to it as gangster rap because of Tupac. Yeah, <laughs> and it just kind of went away. Yeah, like we had. 50 Cent was the last representation of gangster rap. And that's sad. <laughs> that's yeah. so sad. Have you heard, have you guys heard G Perico? No. No. So, so like, I also, for sure, associate gangster rap with Tupac, uh, with Dr. Dre, absolutely. But, like, I also associate it with Easy. There's something okay. about Easy's like, delivery that I associate with gangster rap even though i understand it's very high-pitched and different yeah but there's a guy named g perico that he's a an la rapper so and, even higher pitched well oh well, i'm just gonna play you something to okay. be like this style of music he's doing okay <laughs> so i'm just gonna play you all right i'm in If you can't 
I'm at the penthouse plotting on my next test. Yes. Yes. Straight out the ghetto. We finally on track. Now it's time to hit the pedal. Can't look back. Gotta keep jumping. Yeah. That's Danny Brown with a good beat. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> he just came out with another new album. Like his oh. his stuff is I don't love all of it, but I just love that 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 he's doing that. You know? Who, who's that actor comedian that he's like, I'm a pimp and he like plays that on movies? Uh Cat Williams. Yeah. Cat Williams. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is his rapping career. <laughs> You're about to get slapped, baby boo boo. <laughs> yeah. G Perico, if you want to look more into that guy. All right. (laughs) Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, But all right, let's move on from a gangster rapper to a flautist. (laughs) (laughs) This to me. (laughs) Transition. This to me is my biggest discovery in the last couple of months. Oh, yeah. Is this man. There's a lot going on here. (laughs) When I found him, because I only found him because of Spotify and under Dr. Dre production album or playlist. And I was like, who's Jimmy C? (laughs) (laughs) And as soon as I heard this song, I just fell in love with him. (laughs) But we've got Funky Flute by Jimmy Z with Dr. Dre off of Musical Madness with a Z in there. It's pretty great. Tight. Uh, this count came out in 1991. This album. Uh, this is the third track. Four minutes and 45 seconds. Uh, Jimmy Z Zavalia is an American musician. He is notable for playing harmonica on the Eurythmic song "Missionary Man." Is and, he noteworthy for that? Though? <laughs> and performing with the band live. He also played live as part of Rod Stewart's band and appears on Weird Al Yankovic albums. Uh, (laughs) he was also on dare to be stupid and uhf original motion picture soundtracks with weird Al. was Uh, he in the movie i think so tight Uh, as a studio musician he also played with etta james tom petty ziggy marley and bon jovi on his album musical madness he collaborated with dr dre and ventured into (laughs) hip-hop Uh, Musical Madness is the second studio album uh, from Jimmy Z. It was released in 1991 on Ruthless Records and produced by Dr. Dre. Uh, The album is one of the few, if not the only album released by Ruthless Records that is not entirely hip-hop based. Uh, The album was neither commercial nor critical success. (laughs) However, the song (laughs) Funky Flute, which featured Dr. Dre, gained some minor success. (laughs) Wow. Uh, so yeah, so Jimmy Z, there's not a whole lot um, out there about him. He's uh, a scat man. <laughs> I didn't look into where is Jimmy Z now, <laughs> but nah, he's a scat man. <laughs> uh, I hope he's still alive. I don't think he's dead. I'm gonna feel bad now if he's dead. Uh, no, he's probably working at a car dealership in Michigan. And he always wears a Bluetooth. <laughs> That's a Jimmy Z vibe I'm getting. Uh, he says stuff like, "Hold on, player." Oh, no fucking way. What? It says his origin is North Highlands, California. What? Dude, what the fuck? (laughs) Is he still there? I don't know. He says he's still alive. Yeah, he's not dead yet. You guys can find Jimmy Z. (laughs) I'm I'm going to make that like searching for Sugarman documentary, but looking for searching for that funky flute. I'll just be like the fucking Pied Piper. All around North Highlands. Like, where you at, Jimmy Z? I'll find places he might hang out. The strip clubs. And the Fry's Electronics parking lot. 
I'm gonna find Jimmy Z. Man, that is fucking crazy. For those listening Damn. to this podcast, North Highlands is where when I moved out to, to California, I <laughs> grew a, up in North Highlands. Yeah, so. <laughs> it's, that's a, it's a, not too far from here. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not a popular place. No, <laughs> very specific place, especially for a flautist. Yeah, Just crushing it out there, man. Oh, man, that'd be awesome if you guys somehow figured out oh. where Jimmy's team was. <laughs> we'll be best friends with him, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I fucking I love this song for lots of reasons. One, because I've never heard a song like this before. Somehow it works fantastic for me. And I love that there's like a sexual nature to it, of course. Wait, what? <laughs> and I just love when... There's like a part in the song where it's just like, ah, oh, man, I fucked up. <laughs> it's, it's all yeah. right, man. <laughs> God, the commentary. It might as well have been George Clinton in the fourth song in this song also. Yeah. Like, ain't nothing but it, but to it, to it, but to toot it, man. <laughs> like just random shit being said. You're going to blow it. Oh, yeah. Going to toot on my flute. Yeah. <laughs> And I bet you Dr. Dre was so stoked when he's like, man, I've got the best rhyme ever. I ended yeah. it with spelling flute. F-O-U-T-E. Uh, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it rhymes with Jimmy Z. Jimmy Z, F-O-U-T-E. It's crazy. <laughs> but RJ, how do you feel towards Jimmy Z? <laughs> so I, I'm kind of upset. Oh, not with the song. Was there a gunshot in it? Did it frighten? <laughs> no. Okay. That Mike introduced it to us last week. I wish I went into oh. this not knowing mm. a single thing because I think I would have laughed okay. the whole time. Okay, and it's I not been like supposed this. to be funny, RJ. Yeah, and it's not a secret. The song cause called <laughs> Funky, Funky Flu. What the fuck do you expect from it? I just push play, bro. I just push play and see where the adventure takes me. <laughs> but this song was absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Um, Did you play I loved word? everything about it, except he kind of re- he does his the same first verse again. Yeah, I wish it's Doctor Dre. <laughs> you can make up another fucking sixteen bars. Come on, Doctor Dre, <laughs> bro. He's venturing into new territory. In I know here. this, <laughs> but literally, I was like le- reading the lyrics as he said it, and it's like repeat first verse. I was like, why? <laughs> why does it say that on Spotify? Why that's can't not important? Just... The important part is do 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 do. Didn't say that on Spotify. I didn't. Yeah. You read that in the lyrics? But then I literally imagine Dr. Dre talking to him, being like, "Hey." You want to blow it? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I do. And it's just them two in a room. No other, like, actresses or, like, you know, voice people coming in. It's just the two of them in a recording studio. He's like, you want to blow it? Like, yeah, I do. <laughs> I'm going to play a solo. So I thought that was, you know, that was just added bonus. But no, the song was fantastic. I love it. Minus his repeating of the verse. But it was a great <laughs> song. I was going to ask you if um, it does say that he also worked with Ringo Starr, you know, the Beatles. What? Um, <laughs> I was skimming through, yeah. but I would try to find his Instagram. Couldn't find it, but <laughs> I'm going to find him if he's literally like right down the road from us. Yeah. Um, but we can get some good Cuban food on the way. Yeah, we could. Yeah, we'll let's go to nice Cubano. Little, we'll do a live podcast. Oh yeah. We're here with Jimmy Z. <laughs> so Cubano drinking Cubano coffee. <laughs> 
He's like, so but, what do you guys know about my other work? Nothing. <laughs> We're like, absolutely other, nothing. Wait, other work? But we for the Dr. Trey thing. You mean like what you do for a day job? <laughs> I don't know anything. You made other that. songs? Janitor? I don't know. Car salesman? Yeah. With the... I'm thinking car salesman with Bluetooth. But uh, I, I did like the song. I liked it a lot. It, it flowed very nicely. <laughs> it, it, it was early 90s, and it fits the vibe perfectly. And Dr. Dre just being on there was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Deb. Yeah. I mean, flute, man. <laughs> flute. It's a, it was the funkiest flute I've ever heard. Um, this I've is got a, some thoughts. Devin, as a little kid, if you had found the song. <laughs> oh. I'd be all about this song. <laughs> But I do have some thoughts. I've broken down this song. But first off, it is my second favorite flute rap song. I will put that out there. Um, but I have some questions about the lyrics of it, um, possibly relating a musical instrument to his penis. Oh, yeah, for sure. So you were saying, RJ, that Dr. Dre repeats the same verse twice. I do not think Dr. Dre was aware of the rest of the song, and he just wrote some bars for it and gave it to Jimmy Z, and he produced the rest of the song. Mm. And that's why, because when Jimmy Z is talking while playing his flute somehow, (laughs) talking to these horny-ass bitches that are horny for his flute, he's asking them, oh, you want to suck on this flute? You want to blow on my flute? You want to toot my flute, bitch? (laughs) Which is insinuating that the flute is therefore his penis. Yeah, I correct. Like your yeah. version of Jimmy Z is a pimp for sure. Yeah, yeah. you know he got them vibes. <laughs> yeah, he's from the Highlands, man. <laughs> um, so when Doctor Dre's come, Doctor Dre's verse comes in, he talks about how good Jimmy Z is at blowing <laughs> his flute. Now. If Jimmy Z is relating his musical instrument to his penis and Dr. Dre is saying that Jimmy Z is so good at playing his flute. There's only two of them in the recording booth. He is saying that he is good at sucking his own penis. And I I therefore (laughs) declare that Jimmy Z is a self sucker. So I was going to go solo. where Dr. Dre has witnessed him fucking women and just been like, oh, my God, he's, he's amazing. <laughs> 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 he's just in awe watching Jay-Z yeah. fuck these ladies. Damn, yeah, man. Damn. <laughs> I've seen Jimmy Z play that flute. It drives me fucking crazy. His flute's so big. It's insane. Yeah. Or, or this is a cuckold situation. And Dr. Dre is telling his his woman to oh, go on suck it. He's fluting for his wife? No, Jimmy Z. Dre is the cuckold, and Jimmy Z is the bull coming in. Yeah, so Jimmy Z's fluting Dre's wife. Yeah, or girlfriend. Yeah, maybe that's why they had a divorce. I know. That's what I'm, <laughs> I'm leaving you for that guy that plays the flute. <laughs> for that Car oh, Jimmy salesman. Z. I get it, man. <laughs> Not again. Lost another bitch to Jimmy Z. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna put that in these these girls in this song, so horny for flute. You know? Yeah. Like, if he's not talking about his dick, and they're he's just like, You wanna hear me play my flute? And they're like, Oh yeah. Play the flute. <laughs> Like what is what is wrong with you? Again, like 
a young Devin finding this song, you would have been a flautist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I already, I already changed my Tinder profile. I said looking for a funky flute type of bitch, <laughs> and I hope I find one. Yeah, have the, we? Are you in the woodwinds? Have yeah. we talked about this? Have you guys actually looked at it? It's there's two of them. Jimmy Z with Dr. Dre. Yeah, and there's a prelude. <laughs> a pr- what do you mean a prelude? It's, just, it's another song. A Honda prelude? <laughs> no, he has a whole album. Yeah, it's a whole album. Musical whole, madness. No, 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 but but with Doctor Dre though. Yeah, that's just a, that's just a Spotify the thing. Flute. Okay. Yeah. yeah, you should understand that your computer robot. It's an algorithm thing, bro. Uh, true. Yeah, programming. Yeah, it's a good song. Like it. <laughs> Love it. Still second favorite flute rap. What's number one? Bus driver. Oh, uh, yeah. Imaginary places. Got it. Yeah. Um, all right. So moving Third on. is a uh, Beastie Boys song that I can't remember the name of. I think it's Paul Revere. <laughs> um, all right. So moving on from Jimmy Z and that funky flute. Uh, we've got a song that when I found, I was very happy that I found this song. Um, mostly because this album is really hard for me to get behind. Uh, I don't know if you guys have listened to more of this album, but it has just a really strange production quality to it. Um, But I was really happy when I found this song. Um, But I also was not aware of the, this is probably the most famous song from the record only because of the controversy behind it. Uh, The minor controversy, I would say, but some people would beg to differ. Um, one of someone on on here just thinks he's a jokester. Um, yeah, <laughs> so we've got "Medicine Man" by Dr. Dre featuring Eminem, Candice Pillay, and Anderson Pack. Uh, which consider Anderson Pack for this because Dre produced a couple of different Anderson Pack songs. I think off of Oxnard or Ventura. I can't remember which one. Um, as well as uh, Candice Pillay, uh, he's produced some of her stuff, which I listen to, but. Uh, just didn't make the cut. Yeah. Uh, but this this song comes off of Compton, which comes from 2015. Uh, this is track number four, or track number 15, four minutes and 14 seconds. Uh, or is it? Yeah, track number 15. Uh, Compton is the third studio album from Dr. Dre. It was released 2015. Um, I guess technically his third solo album, which is kind of crazy to think about. Um. Yeah. The production for the album took place with a detox, but the album itself was devised when production of the NWA biographical film Straight Outta Compton gave Dre the idea for a soundtrack, uh, with the album's specific production taking place between 2013 and 2015 at several recording studios and was handled by a variety of high-profile record producers, including Dr. Dre himself, uh, Focus, Dem Joints, Trevor Lawrence Jr., a bunch of other people. Uh, has features from Kendrick Lamar on there, uh, Snoop Dogg, Exhibit, The Games on there too, a bunch of people. Uh, the album actually debuted at number two on the U.S. Billboard 200, which was mm. kind of surprised to read that because I don't think anyone cared about that when it came out. Yeah. Um, but Medicine Man, this song, um, it's the 15th track. Uh, via Aftermath Interscope Records, uh, along with the rest of the album, recording sessions, blah, 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 Sherman Oaks. Uh, Despite never being released as a single, the song has managed to reach number 121 on the French and U.S. chart, as well as number 40 on the Billboard Hot R&B Hip Hop songs. So that's pretty interesting that it wasn't released as a single, but kind of got treated as one. 
Uh, and then there's this. So the song received controversy over Eminem's line, I even make the bitches I rape come. Karen Ngala Smith, chief executive. I, I don't of- think he said that. I think he said, <laughs> I even make the bitches I come. <laughs> Uh, chief executive of the London-based charity NIA Project said, women and girls who have suffered sexual violence often blame themselves or question whether they were really raped, peddling the lie that orgasm equals consent silences victims of sexual violence. Uh, Yeah, that's totally what I got from him (laughs) saying that. was like, oh, all rape is invalid if the woman (laughs) likes it. That's, That's the lesson I learned from this. Thank you, Eminem. Uh, yeah, so he uh, – and then I believe it was – must have been Dr. Dre's decision to be like, we're just going to bleep that. We're just going to bleep it. So this isn't like an edited version of it? No. Hmm. This was the version that they released that they <laughs> – for whatever reason, they decided to keep it but then bleep it. So that means he talked to Eminem and said, we can't put that line in there. And Eminem said, no, it's staying in there. Yeah, I'm gonna and I refuse to record another verse. <laughs> and then, well, I think of the history of Eminem. It's just like this is my words, and he's like, "All right, we'll just bleed out half of that." Yeah. <laughs> like we've, we, you're not going to change it. We know we. I mean, uh, it, it it the lyric makes sense for him. Like all of his lyrics before have been shock rap lyrics mm-hmm. related all to that. Them. It's if it was Fifty Cent. Doing that line, I would say, hey, 50, you don't need to do that. (laughs) That doesn't make sense for you. You know, if it was Wiz Khalifa, that doesn't make sense for you. But it's Eminem who talked about many songs about murdering the mother of his children. (laughs) Like multiple times. This is, I feel like it's just a reference to, like, obviously, he's not admitting to rape on a rap song, right? Right? Can we agree no, on that? Unless he's a drill rapper. He, he unless is. he's drill rap. Yeah, it's this drill rap. He's the rap god, so... Uh, so he's not the rape go. god, though. Oh, that's yeah. a different title. Yeah, yeah. Mary wasn't raped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's just... Uh, it seems like a reference to his shock jock lyrics, because all of the other lyrics are about his career as a whole, it seems like. Yeah. And how people perceive him. So, it seems like a reference to that. Oh, yeah, he for sure does this, and is like, oh, people are going to be mad. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. does it on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. But also, like, listen to any of his other songs. <laughs> yeah. Get offended by those instead of this. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Um, but, yeah, so I was very pleasantly surprised when I first heard this song because it, it was on the one of the production playlists for, uh, uh, for Dr. Dre. And I was like, oh, why is this song, like... Why did someone pull this song and put it on here? And because uh, I saw the Kendrick songs, so I was like, okay, those make sense because it's Kendrick. But like, why did they pull this Eminem song on here? And listening to it, I just instantly fell in love with this song. And mm. I know the majority of it is Eminem. I think Dr. Yeah. Dre has like a very small piece in the beginning. They do a little skit thing, but there is something about the delivery of Eminem and the beat that he puts behind them. That I don't, I haven't listened to enough Eminem to be like, oh, I've heard this before, but I've never heard this before. And I was just like, yeah, oh, this is why you're a good rapper, Eminem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
So I was like, I was very happy. And every time I listen to the song, I get so pumped as soon as everything kicks in. And it's just like, ah, oh, God, this is like, come in my ears. I love it. You can rape me all you want, Eminem. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll come everywhere for you, rape bro. Rape my ears. Rape my ears. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, I, I have been anxiously awaiting to know, because I had another Eminem song on a different mix that RJ was not a big fan of. So I'm curious, what Eminem is this to you, RJ? Do you like the song? How do you feel? All that stuff. Um, This, like as you said, you were kind of going through with the album. I, I skimmed through this album when it first came out, and I don't think anything jumped out at me, but I also think it was the times of, you know, when 2001 came out, when The Chronic came out. It, it's a different time in my different music that I was listening to. Yeah. Um. This Eminem, uh, I, I don't. I wasn't a huge fan of the last one, uh, but this one is kind of. It's a weird mixture of his like newer stuff, but I can kind of sense like he wanted to go back to like his older stuff that he was doing. Like, cause he does his little persona. He's like, I'm half Eminem, half some shady, and his angry. And I was like, I see a little angry sense inside him right now. It's not like the rap god where I'm like, I can rap really fast and just make you know. I, I I can't I can't do his little random rap thing that he does, but he's like I have a spatula. I'm like, why do you have a fucking spatula? <laughs> yeah. Why why do you have a fucking spatula? <laughs> a spatula watching the Batman film with the get me Kim and the fist of fucking <laughs> What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I want to hear him. I mean, I want to hear him before he made his money. <laughs> yeah, because then it's just like I have a spatula at Burger King and I'm gonna beat you with the spatula because I'm. Like working a nine to five, and I was like, I want to hear that because he's angry Eminem. Then he doesn't have the money. Versus now, he's just like, I have a spatula, <laughs> and I'm like, Why do you have a fucking spatula, Eminem? So it doesn't um, feel authentic to you. No, I, I you feel I, like he's playing a part, and you can see through it. Well, that's why, like, in the rap stuff, I'm stuff. not a, a yeah. not a huge fan of that. Yeah. So just like I'm angry. I'm like, Well, you be angry, or it's about drugs. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, I, I'm, I'm like a relapse, and I'm like, No, you didn't. Don't lie to me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but this one, I can see the angry side of him. His like, you know, his inflictions that he uses in his voice. He kind of went towards the weird, like, I have a spatula. And I was like, well, don't do that. And it kind of went away from that. So I was like, I don't, you know, it was kind of there, but it wasn't there. But I did like this verse better than the last one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The last uh, one, didn't... he did a lot of wacky, wacky stuff with his voice. This is like, um, it's yeah. almost straight through, which is why. No, I, guess... I like this. Yes, last week when I was talking about the song, I was like, I don't know if this is a freestyle, but it kind of sounds like a freestyle because he's just going straight through. Well, he was very big. Um, I've watched documentaries on him. How big? And he was just... um, (laughs) Six inches? Uh, (laughs) Seven inches? Depends on how excited he is. (laughs) This big? Bigger? (laughs) Bigger? Yeah. Oh, my God, that's fucking big. Um... But he he would do these things where he was very adamant about, you know, I think a couple albums in, he was just like, I'm not one of those like corny rappers that do, do punches. And I was like, cool, don't know what that is, but it sounds sick. So then I was talking to my other friend that raps, and he's just like, oh, a punch means basically when they splice in another rap where they're like, oh, I fucked up on the line, so I'm going to punch in uh, my line and okay. make it into one solid 16 yeah, verses. Yeah, got it. You play the track, and you're listening to the track, and you're like, punch me in. 
So yeah, literally yeah. it'd be like, oh, I fucked up. Take out that last DDD and put this better right. part in. Okay. Yeah. It's copy and paste. And you wrap thing. along with it and then he clicks record. Yeah. So he's, Eminem was like very adamant at early in the stage. He's like, no, I do it in one cut. Wow. Like he's like, I, I just, I'm that good. Okay. So I don't know if he did that throughout his whole career, but uh, my friend that was like the raps, he was like, that's why I like Eminem because he's so good. And I was like, well, you know, he could have had some punches throughout his, his uh, career. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Some of those could have been punched. Yeah. You can listen you're to it. You're like, that sounds every time different. he goes, when I'm some shady, well, <laughs> he, yeah. he says that new every time. <laughs> all, all, all in one breath? Yeah. Well, if you saw the Super me, Bowl, like, that was all him. Because <laughs> I'm Slim Shady. <sighs> the real Slim Shady. <sighs> well, well, <sighs> yeah, you other Slim Shady. He has backup people that do his, his verses when he does a live show. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? Like, literally. Like, well, if you ever see it, he had proof that before he passed away. They'd be like, da 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 dead? Then Proof <laughs> would finish up with the last part that rhymes. Oh, oh Proof from d Yeah. Like, like, Proof and him like, started like, back in the day. They're, they're the oh, ones that created d Whoa, that's like a you, magic trick right there. If you saw, yeah. if you saw 8 Mile. Prestige. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, he would have the rhyming just word explained up there. the prestige Eminem kill Proof? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was in a club, uh. you know. That's how Fifty came about. You know, they weird. were twins. Yeah, Fifty Cent was just hanging around. He's like, "I'm, a, I'm gonna shoot somebody," and then he just shoots Proof while hanging upside down, <laughs> looking like a marshmallow man. You know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's just he does a lot of those. So I like, I do have like, you know, I do see him just being able to like lay that whole verse under one take, which is fantastic. I don't know if it was a freestyle per se. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think he was kind of like one of those where he's just like, all right, record, and that's my verse. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> hmm. But um, he so, has a history of doing that. So are you a fan of this verse? As I, I do like fan? it better, but it's not to his older stuff. Like, so what I the, wouldn't listen to this over and over but, again. So the older stuff that you're referring to is what? It, because the older stuff I think of is like, I'm Slim Shady, but you're Slim Shady. Like that song? Yeah, because no, I would say... What makes this unique to me is I don't know if I've ever heard a beat like this with Eminem. There yes, are I, beats yeah. that exist like this, yeah. but I've never heard Eminem on a beat like this. This it, is very different. It's the same thing they did for Kendrick on one of the songs on one of your mixtapes. You know, they like they on the DJ chop. Held? I think it might have been where yeah. they chop up the beat for it. Yeah, and they cater it to his style. Right. You know, and it, it makes that. Uh, it makes it a lot more impactful, but also like the lyrics and the the delivery matter as well. Uh, but I, I'm curious, like when you're saying that this isn't as enjoyable as his old stuff, like what? Which ones do you mean by that? Like from your perspective, if Eminem's doing a thing now where he he's trying to throw as many syllables and rhymes into one thing that he can, mm-hmm. divide that by two, and that's old Eminem. He's just going as fast. He's trying to show that he is the rap god. I'm like, just slow it down and be angry. Well, that's the stuff that I liked. But like, what songs? Because uh, I'm thinking, just like I'm some shit. Well, take all, take shady. all the songs out. None of those. Well, well, okay, think, just so none of the hit ones. Yeah. I think okay. you said before that you you kind of stop at. Is it relapse or encore that you stop? Encore is, it, it did take a change from the relapse. Relapse was a terrible album because he did all the voices throughout the whole thing. <laughs> He's just like, I'm the murderer. And oh. I'm like, why are you doing that? Don't do that. <laughs> I'm schizophrenic. That, that's how he did after he was like, I pa- like passed out from doing an overdose and I'm back sober. 
I was like, don't do that. So um, it's really just those like first three or four albums. Yes. Okay. And then I just really like those, and I listen to those over and over again. Hmm. Um, but it, like, I had nothing against the verse. The only thing that I have against the song, I would say, is I feel like they try to speed up or they higher-pitched everyone's tone just hmm. to compensate for Eminem's part. Oh, interesting. Because Eminem's going to go fast. I didn't notice. But if that. you listen to Dr. Dre, his pitch is higher up. You listen to like everybody else, and it I just seems that like was it's just, sped up. That's why I was saying the. I, I think I said this last week. I don't know if I said this introducing this, but like the production on this album yeah. is bizarre. Like okay. even like what you're saying might be true because it is just a bizarre produced album. Like because huh. even Anderson Pack's part in this was like. Yeah, I think that's Anderson Pack. Yeah, that's Anderson Pack. Like, I think he's yeah. trying to be Eminem, or they sped it up to be closer to Eminem because Eminem's going to come out with his yeah. and it's like, all right, we have to go higher to make it all in the same. Like you know, they might have tone. actually physically just sped it up. And I don't. Not, like, and that's what I don't like about that. Yeah, interesting. Maybe. Huh? Because Eminem sounds like Eminem in it. That's interesting. Yeah, right. but Dr. Dre does sound, throughout this whole album, he sounds like, when you listen to this, and then, I don't know if you guys caught this, but, like, it's one of the, the reasons why I loved having this last song on here, but, like, because he just sounds completely different in this album. I don't know yeah, what, what it is difference. in Compton, what he was doing, what was going on in his life, why he made this album. He just sounds, like, everything about him is different. It's weird. Hmm. Well, I think uh, what happened is... um well, he was supposed to come out with, uh, what was the, the 2001, and then he was supposed to come out with another one right after that. Mm. But then it, he was just a perfectionist, so it was kind of like, I want to, like, something perfect, then kind of just delayed, delayed, delayed year after year. Yeah. Then eventually his son died. Oh. So he just went into a downward spiral of depression. And he took and then, steroids. Yeah. And then, oh, this is before the steroids. <laughs> And then literally, I guess, uh, like Eminem was like, did an interview or something about it. And then eventually he was just like, he was just like, you got to get your ass up. You're like, you're Dr. Fucking Dre. Go, go be who you are. And he was just like, all right. Like, so he started recording stuff and then he kept on scrapping stuff. Like, that's bad. That's bad. That's bad. Mm -hmm. Then eventually he came out with an album. So he was was overthinking everything. Oh, yeah. Because then he came out with the album and then literally everyone, like all his friends were like, this is not you. This is different. So he's like, all right, I'm going to come out with something better. So then Eminem came out with a song that's like, I Need a Doctor, that came about. And then I think Compton came out like a little while after that. And everyone's like, yeah, you shouldn't have done this either. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. So I guess he probably hit again. And then that's when his newest album finally came out. Like, yeah, whatever. because when Devin's talking about like catering a beat to an artist, you listen to these two Kendrick tracks and you're like, you didn't cater anything to Kendrick. Mm-hmm. Like they are bizarre, futuristic, like almost like Matrix sounding noises. Well, I think that it, Kendrick is a, having to rap over. <laughs> it's weird. I think it's a weird thing for him too, because if you're like Dr. Dre, make a beat. He's like, all right, I'm gonna make a beat. West well, Coast represent, and I'm like, we're not in that time anymore. Well, I assume it's because he's making. He's technically making a soundtrack. Like this album is technically a soundtrack to Straight Outta Compton. Yeah, that's yeah. I'm saying so, like, that, which I, is odd. I think he's trying to incorporate things that you would do in a score, which is why I compared some of the beats to the Matrix, like things that you could bring into a score, but rapping over it. And I'm just like, this doesn't work, man. Don't nope. do that. Because <laughs> no. I skimmed through this album and I was not attached to it at all. I was yeah. like, ah. <laughs> uh. 
Yeah, this is the only song that I've heard off of it that I like, and it's only because it's an Eminem that I'm not familiar with. That's literally, I would have saw Eminem, and I probably would have went straight to it and be like, okay, next. Yeah. Devin, how'd you feel for his song? So uh, I didn't mind Dr. Dre's verse in this, um, but I didn't, like, it wasn't memorable. Yeah. Um, Eminem's whole part was amazing. Yeah. To me. And not being an Eminem fan. That's why I was asking you questions like, if you don't like this as much as the other stuff, what is the other stuff that I'm missing? Is it something that you prefer that I wouldn't like? Yes. Uh, okay. <laughs> End of conversation then. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like I found this interesting, but I've heard like Godzilla and Rap God, and I'm not interested in that either. Yeah. But there was some authenticity behind this one. And, Mike, when you were saying that it could have been a freestyle, that um, piqued my interest a little bit more because I tend to feel like freestyles a lot more are personal rather than things like Rap God where he's talking about how great he is. Yeah. Like he's talking about a personal experience. Like I was talking about this the other day, like um, that song Immortal Technique, uh, Dance with the Devil. I think I sent that to you guys a while ago. Yeah. Like that is a very well-written song. And it's so basic. Like, the beat is like a 90s hip-hop beat, like alternative hip-hop beat. And it's so well-written. It's so hard to tell a story as a rapper, like, let alone a musician making a concept album. But making one rap song that is a story is like making a concept album. And it comes down to, like, making something personal. So, like you see the differences in those compared to somebody just rapping a lot of like nonsense words together. Like he usually does. So this one seemed personal. It seemed like, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. He, he did a little bit of that, like just rhyming words with other words. Type this, stuff. Is, this is a similar to older Eminem, but it, it does. It didn't seem, everything did seem like it was a reference to things that he's done in the past. You know, like it didn't seem like it was out of place. It seemed like it was there for a reason. So I appreciated that. Um, but yeah, I liked his whole delivery of it. And I was playing in the car with my coworker and he played me another song uh, off of Music to be Murdered by B-Sides um, called Zeus. Hmm. Have you heard that? I've, I've skimmed through those newer albums. I didn't listen to them very much. It's interesting. I'm going to play a little bit of it. But it's um, it reminds me of more stuff that would be on Infinite. So you might like this, but I don't know what the B-sides are. I don't know if it's like old recordings or something. But I'm trash, but she listens to Takashi. Bitch, you lost me. Yeah, Whoa. fair with the wishy-washy. She thinks my right? shit washed me. This Swear is to insane. God, man, her favorite rapper wish she crossed me. Yeah, life conflict got up obnoxious. What? Subconscious, yeah. I'm afraid to unlock it. Yeah. Keep those monsters in the closet. I'm what an idiotic addict. Sub-bucket slumpers. I've been throwing down. How does he have this much range? Yeah. That's insane. That it is sounds a, like Drake era. Yeah, that yeah, that's exactly what I was gonna say. Yeah, like it. That is insane. I've never heard him have that much range. Yeah, and the lyrics, like the lyrics and the flow, like the rhyme schemes of Eminem are like when I hear a good song by Eminem, it's because of the rhyme schemes. He doesn't stick to that A B A B. Like he'll rhyme something in the middle of one of the bars, yeah. and then switch that rhyme scheme based on what he rhymed in the middle of that one to like the A B A B format. That, I find that interesting. It always catches my attention. And he's really good at that. And I'll give him credit for all of the good things that he does. And now hearing a lot of these other songs, I'm like, Eminem is great. But 
saying that, I am too old to get into Eminem at this point, and I will never listen to his old stuff and enjoy it. Yeah. And I'm very sorry. Well, the so, pro- he seems like a person that, like, he has a lot of range, and for whatever reason, he gets in his own way. Like, listening to that, yeah. it's like, why didn't you just make a whole album like that, man? Yeah. You know? That's the B-sides from an album nobody listened to. Ugh. God, that's it's annoying. odd, you know? Well, the B-sides, I think he came out separately. Yeah, it was a separate album. Yeah, this is like um the, yeah this is called uh, music to be murdered by I think it came out a year B. later or something yeah it was 2020 um and it's uh 36 songs as the b-sides that's crazy. the original came out in 2020 uh, a whole year earlier in 2020 with 20 songs hmm. so i don't know what's on that b-sides one but i kind of want to listen to that and yeah, infinite more now. than anything else yeah, I you might know? take a dive into that because that was super interesting. And he, yeah, he was, and it a, gets way better too. He was in an interview recently talking about like why he respects Kendrick so much because Kendrick is trying new things constantly. Like, yeah, when you look at the the Baby Keem features from this last year, it's like Kendrick is continuing to develop as an MC. And it's like listening to that, it's like I had no idea you were like trying new shit that's interesting, Eminem. Come on, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. So I I've watched a lot about Eminem, just being just a fan of him over the years. And it's a lot of stuff with him. It's just like I know he would just as Devin spoke on, he was just like if you go back to even Infinite, it was just like a lot of those where it's just like, you know, he rhymed the last word. He would just rhyme everything that he can with the previous line, and it was it was very unique at the time where a lot of people were like, only there's a handful of people that we know of in the media doing that, and and just in general, I think there was one interview that I saw, and he was just like, you know, it's not like one of those words. It's just like I'm a rapper, right? Cool, I make my millions. Mm-hmm. Eminem's like, I know artists. That's what I do. I look at music. I follow everybody. I look at what I look to see what my competition is. I look to yeah. see how they're doing it, and I'm looking how to be better than them. Well, you probably saw how rap evolved from the very early stages of the Grandmaster Flash and the Sugar Hill Gang stages and those are all his influences he's like those are well, all the people that how I grew up with. simple it was back then and then when it changed into like the nos era and tupac era it's like what changed about those it a lot of it was the rhyme scheme in the delivery of it they you know a lot with like sampling went away on the west coast and they started i mean they, they sampled like funk stuff in a way yeah. and that changed the style of it but Really, he's, a lot of it is in the delivery and the rhyme schemes that it has changed. So yeah. it's a he's, smart move. He's probably a lot like Kanye. And just in the sense yeah. of, like, if you would just get, like, calm your ego down and listen to someone, man, you'd probably be a big again, you know? It showed him yeah. inside of the uh, recording studio one day. And he literally had a, like, you know how, you know, just write your lyrics down. But on his sheet, uh, on his piece of paper... It literally just had little words and little things that rhyme with each other. Like I, I can't. I'm not a rapper, mm-hmm. but it's just like I go to Orange. school. You're yeah. a fool, and he has that just like circled. Yeah, school, fool. and then right. li- <laughs> literally, like he'll just have words that rhyme with each other, and he has little circles all around his paper. And then when he's rapping, he's like banana, no, 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 and he just hops around, and that's how he makes a song. But it would be like I, um, I, you're a fool. I drove to school because he rhymes that you're. 
with drove. And then he hops to a rhyme scheme mm-hmm. on the top of his because like literally I know you don't can't see this visually, yeah. Yeah. but he's like literally just sitting there and he goes to the top of his page, bottom of his page, and he just kind of links everything together on his page. Yeah. So it's not li- written out like from top to bottom. It's just all over scribbles. Yeah, because he like what you were just saying, he uh he picks phrases to rhyme as opposed to just words that rhyme. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. how that's he what makes, makes it interesting. No, yeah. that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so a few of the features on this music can be murdered by side B. I'll just read all of them because you might know some of them. Skylar Gray, DJ Premier, uh-huh. Ty Dolla Sign, yeah. Dr. Dre, Sly Piper, or Sly Piper, uh, Madge, White Gold, Young Ma, Royce the Five Nine, Ed Sheeran, <laughs> Juice World, uh, Royce the Five Nine again, Black Thought, Q Tip, Anderson Pac. Don Tolliver, King Crooked, and Joel Ortiz. Hmm. A lot of big names on there. Surprising yeah. they're the B-sides. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So finishing off this mix, we've got ETA, brand new song. Uh, I think he came out with, Dr. J came out with six new songs. This one features Snoop Dogg, Busta, and it's a pack, pack, um, pack, pack, um, pack. pack. Uh, ETA is the first tease song from Dr. Dre's new GTA Online project, originally teased in the first trailer for the GTA update, backed by an angelic sample of You're the One for Me by the Edwards Generation. Dre, Anderson Peck, uh, Snoop Dogg, Buster Rhymes playfully look back at experiences in their hometown. Now, I was pleasantly surprised with his new music that he dropped, but shouldn't be surprised just because he was having the halftime show coming up. Um, but out of the songs that were released, I chose this one because one, I think it's the best sounding Dr. Dre I've heard on a song since the chronic personally. Um, and then two, I find it very interesting. I would love to know how they organized this song because it does not sound like any modern featured song I've heard. It sounds like Mm -hmm. really old featured songs, but it does not sound like anything that you, people do modern at all. It, it they do the call and response in this. Yeah, and it's know? it's fucking cool. And like yeah. if you if you told me on paper, I'd be like, all right, so I've got a Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Buster Rhyme. They're gonna rap together. I'd be like, all right, that makes sense. Like he's gonna do this, he's gonna do that. Yeah. And you would assume what Bust is gonna do is what Bust is gonna do. I don't know what Bust is doing, but I love it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when he yeah. comes in talking about Reaganomics and crack, I was like, "Hell yeah, bro! Uh, yeah, <laughs> oh yeah!" <laughs> and Snoop Dogg, we just had—I had on Respect Your Elders a Snoop Dogg rapping, being like, "Oh yeah, this is what Snoop Dogg does. He raps about cars. It's fine." And then I listened to this song. I was like, "Oh yeah, you can like actually rap, Snoop Dogg." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but RJ, how do you feel towards the song? Uh, I I know I think I was just on the way to work, and that's usually when I listen to Spotify. And I just push play at work when I get a chance to actually have my phone connected to the radio. Um, but I kind of saw it like driving to work at like six in the morning, and I was like, "Ooh, Dr. Dre has a new album." <laughs> this is before I knew he was doing the halftime show, and I was just like, "All right, cool, whatever." I hit play, and I kind of skimmed through like maybe like a minute of each song. And I think just from what I've heard, I was like, this is better than Compton. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I kind of like the flow of it. I liked it. And I kind of listened to it one other time at work. So it was me just running around, not really listening to it. But I was like, oh, I'm excited about actually getting into this. But I listening to this song, I think this song was it was a really good song. Um, I liked the flow of it. I liked 
just the overall how it was put together, the sound of it, as you said, you know, like, you know, Buster doesn't come out being like, I'm Buster Rhymes and I can spit like I'm <laughs> as fast as Eminem. No. Um, what does it, he say? It just, he says, a bumbaka or something like that. <laughs> oh, a bumbaklot. Like, uh, <laughs> oh, he says, uh, fuck. Something about like, Jamaicans. <laughs> the Shabba Ranks. I think he mentioned Shabba Ranks or, uh, fuck, what's the other uh, dance hall dude? Yeah, he says something about Shabba. You Rings. walk the plank with him, hmm, broke him down like a bomba clot acronym. <laughs> yeah. Look, don't tell your peeps. And it just goes on. Yeah. Something about Shabba Ranks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or Shabba. But it was just overall, I think it was a fantastic song. I just love the flow of it. I love the reminiscent side of it. It was just like one of those where Dr. Dre is just like, yo, I just killed somebody. Now we're going to be like, we're going to have a Fody and just like hang out. <laughs> yeah, Anderson, compared to, it's funny, like, Having oh, two, yeah. the two Andersons, it's like, oh yeah, this is Anderson in this song. The oh, first it was, song, yeah. it's like, I don't know what you were doing with Anderson back then. This song, I'm like, oh yeah, this is Anderson. <laughs> like, like this is Dr. Dre being like, you're so good, you can play drums during the halftime show now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Devin, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good. I like Anderson Park a lot. I forgot to say that because like, he was in the last song too, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. just for yeah. a second. I didn't remember him that much in the last song. He was the high pitched guy. I like, yeah. <laughs> I like him better in this song. I like that call and response thing that they did. That was cool. Yeah. Um, I forgot to say about the last song, too. I, I didn't like that melody at first for the whole Medicine Man shit. Mm-hmm. You know, take two of these in the morning and go kill yourself. Yeah. But I started. it started growing on me throughout the song and really fit. But at the time, I was like, fuck, this is so corny. Yeah. Like It sounded like a, like 2000s era rap that I didn't care about. Um. Uh, yeah, this one I liked the the structure of it a lot more. Like you were saying, um, nobody uh, nobody does that anymore. Like the, everybody will just do a feature and be like, "Yeah, send me your verse. I'll make a beat to it later." Yeah. You know, right. and you just send a verse at a specific BPM, and pff, that's it. Yeah, you know, this one was like a, this was a collaboration. This is what they should be. This was like a, a cipher song. Yeah, you know. Those are the interesting collaborations. A lot of features I hear, I'm like, yeah, that was a good feature, but like, that would be a good song with just that guy that had the good feature in it. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's a Busta Rhymes song with a good Kendrick Lamar feature. I'm like, just get Busta Rhymes out of there. Yeah, like it, he was fine, but like, it's a better Kendrick song. This one like needed everybody for it to be a good song, and uh, yeah, I just have in my notes that. Oh, that's why they call him Buster Rhymes, because he busts rhymes. I forgot. <laughs> yeah. I forgot that's what he does. I forgot. He's a great, one of the greatest MCs ever. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, literally, yeah. like him, like Snoop, they all had just fantastic lines in there, just mm-hmm. the way that they flowed. But just because you mentioned that, a lot of the Eminem songs post stuff have the little singing choruses that they have. Yes. And that's one thing that's I hate. That's a Dr. Dre thing. Yeah. And I was like, I like Eminem when mm-hmm. he did his own verses and choruses himself <laughs> you don't need to bring in anybody else yeah oh yeah. this was the line talk to the coke and ask the jamaican accent shaba ranking them shaba ranks <laughs> that's the dance hall guy he don't like gay guys apparently <laughs> i think that's what that's a reference to yeah yeah but i i i was very happy by hearing this song because again like even production wise it sounds like dr dre is like when you listen to all the songs even I know Devin, you're not a Rick Ross fan, but when you listen to all the songs, like it, he's on, he's producing something that makes sense. And 
to me, this song, sampling-wise, could be a Kanye song. I'm not saying the structure of the song is like a Kanye song, but the way he's using the sample, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is like this. You might be Kanye influenced at this point, which I'm all for. Yeah, I'm for that. You know, Um, yeah. So this is a fun mix. We got to wrap it up here. Um, So how to do favorite, least favorite, favorite artist. Um, For me, you said two, five, two, I think. So. Favorite song, four. Whoa! Yep. <laughs> Hell yeah! I know. <laughs> so happy about that. <laughs> and least favorite five, but I did like it. Yeah. Favorite artist one. Oh, I'm a Blackstreet Boy oh, yeah, through Blackstreet through. Boy. <laughs> yep. I could have picked that one. Mm-hmm. I need that one. <laughs> All right, Jay. <laughs> so you picked one five four. Yeah. So a little little different. Uh, I'm gonna say my favorite song is just the way that Tupac came out. I was oh, just hell like, yeah. oh, it was just full Tupac, and it brought <laughs> all the nostalgia back. Um, I'm gonna say my least favorite is actually "Go with Me Here" is number four. Okay, just because of the higher pitch, and I was like, I didn't like. It just sounded different. The whole album in whole, and then I'm gonna say my my favorite song is probably what was favorite that? number artist. five. Private Artist is number five just because I like Dr. Dre. I think it was like the old reminiscent yeah. of everybody and number five. I think did that perfectly. Nice. Sweet. All right, let's rate it, and then I got to move on out. I'm going to give it 4.2 out of 5. Ooh. All right. Enjoyed listening to it. Nice. I still don't like Dr. Dre that much, but you made me like him a little bit more. Yeah. He's, he's, he's a good man. He's, yeah. he's a man behind interesting things. Yeah. He's uh he's not as bad as rapping as some people may think. <laughs> yeah. Um so you know it, it was a good mix. I enjoyed it. Uh it was no Kanye mix. Um but I mean it, I haven't made a Kanye mix. I, I know. <laughs> comparing to myself. But uh <laughs> Oh, sorry. You know, this is all about me, remember? Oh, yeah, Fourth week in a row. Uh but honestly, I gave you a 4.5 five on this because i was like I, yeah. I liked it i will listen to this again even though like eminem and everything else is higher pitch but it was just a fun just being like did you know dr dre rapped with a flute guy <laughs> <laughs> i could show people and it's a fun mix to listen to nice all right all right so what you got for us this week Devin? well um you guys want to go on a little trip you want to go to a different country oh <laughs> i'm it, always up for that has it been a while i've been stuck in america for too long yeah well, I'd like to go to a little place that the Irish call on Chapin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, the Filipinos <laughs> like to call it uh, Hapon. <laughs> okay. Vietnamese say Nyatban. <laughs> but the Americans, we like to call it Japan. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Is this as cool Japanese Astrox stuff? <laughs> oh, this is probably something a little different than you're thinking oh. but is this traditional uh, instrument japanese stuff um i'm gonna say japan droids <laughs> well <laughs> because if it's J- japanese rock bands and you don't have the pillows on there i'm already out Ooh, i'm, I'm gonna say sleeping. that both of you i am 100 sure no none of these artists <laughs> okay okay, well, okay all right and if you do don't have the pillows on there <laughs> if you do know some of these artists i'm gonna be upset <laughs> okay okay 
This playlist is called Haren Otsu. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. I just sent it. And I'm going to tell you guys I did it. All right. I did it. This is a perfect mixtape. Five out of five. Nothing wrong with this. All these songs <laughs> fucking rule. Ours is going to give you somewhere in the threes. You know, there. No, no. He's going to fucking love this because <laughs> it is so? the best. It is the best. Have you heard of any of these artists? Either of you? No. Hmm? Mike? Uh, no. No. I have not. I mean, you can go ahead and play one of your choice. I would play number one. Uh, I might only from an anime. I was going to say that might be the only thing that you have heard something from. Yeah. I don't think any of these particular songs, but no, can I ask artists, you, are they, are they in English? No. Um, <laughs> okay. Then well, I, well, Japanese people, they well, tend to sing parts in English that don't tend to works. translate that well. <laughs> but, <laughs> that's the hilarious part of some of this. <laughs> because the thing is, I, I personally I'll don't go find for it the hilarious, lyrics well. Devin. So, uh, oh, just no. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't either. <laughs> At all. If you think that this is a, a chuckle hut over here. You're no. <laughs> I mean, it's so I, I don't know if you know, I take Japan very seriously. <laughs> yep. Nope. Me too. Especially that second song. Pillows are not on here. I'm just, the, saying. just saying the second song is the most serious one. Are you familiar with the pillows? I am not. Pills is a great Japanese band. Oh, I'm gonna listen to it after I've dove into this stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm in it now. I'm I'm 100% not even joking. Is this J-pop stuff? I love this shit. Is this J-pop stuff? Nope. No. You can play in a J-pop. I'm gonna say there's a saxophone in I think every song. I skimmed. Here we go. This is it. Oh, yeah. Ooh, okay. Here we go. I'm yeah. I'm excited. All right. Based off of that first song, the pillows wouldn't fit, but I'm sad that the pillows aren't on here. I will listen to the pillows, but I'm pretty sure they won't fit because there's a very strict criteria for these based on the title. Hmm. Okay. Well, yeah. I got to go. You can find the podcast right. wherever you get podcasts. I don't give a fuck. You can listen to Dr. J. I don't care. No, <laughs> I don't care either. <laughs> Halftime show, more like dumb time show. <laughs> Got him, That's stupid milkman. <laughs> yeah. yeah, deliver my cream. <laughs>